The New York Knicks eight game winning streak is over. They fall 113 to 106 to the Toronto Raptors. I'm Gavin Shaw. He's Alex Wolf. We're here to break it all down. And it took a pretty freaking crazy game from Pascal Siakam to make this all happen. 50 plus points to lead the Raptors to victory. So we'll talk about how the how that plus Fred Van Vliet managed to seal the Knicks fate, but why things maybe aren't quite as bad as they might seem having the Knicks have their, their winning streak snapped. Uh, RJ Barrett played a fantastic game. Manuel quickly played fantastic game. Julius Randle played a fantastic game. Really only Jalen Brunson had kind of an off night and they sorely missed Quentin Grimes. We'll talk about it all next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. I want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day. If you didn't know, now you know we are now available on all platforms, and that includes on YouTube. So subscribe, comment, uh, roast our appearances. We have thick skin. We can take it, but who's talking to you? I'm Gavin Shaw. You're, uh, you know, I'm going to steal from you again, Alex. Your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. He's Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of the Strickland, the greatest Knicks website in the whole wide world. Uh, the winning streak is unfortunately dead. Uh, it ends at the hands of the Toronto Raptors in, in a hard-fought 113-106 to loss. Pascal Siakam dropped a career-high 52 points on the Knicks. The guy was just absurd. 17 of 25 from the field. That's 68% shooting. 16 of 18 from the foul line. Also had nine rebounds, seven assists. Fred Van Vliet dropped 28 points in 40 minutes. Uh, the Raptors at 14 and 18, um, they, they played like a desperate team, Alex. And, and, and the New York Knicks, despite missing Quentin Grimes, matched that intensity notch for notch. This felt like a playoff game. MSG was rocking. Um, maybe a weird framing, but to me, one, one of the more satisfying Knicks losses uh, of the Tom Thibodeau era. Yeah, I mean, look, when you're coming off an eight-game win streak, no such thing as a, a moral victory or anything like that. But we'll call it an honorable loss. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, this wasn't like the Knicks came out and we're just like, la-di-da, like we're just going to like coast on this win streak, whatever. They came out playing exactly as hard as they have been. They just ran into, in my opinion, one of the most uniquely suited teams in the NBA to stop them. Uh, if they're playing well and yet still played pretty freaking well, regardless, you know, like I just think like the Raptors are just, it's, it's Fred Van Vliet and Malachi Flynn are like normal sized people. And then it's just all rangy six foot seven to seven foot tall guys with long wingspans that can like also dribble the ball and are great at defense and everything else. Like that's all that the Raptors employ. Uh, on their roster and so you know you had Siakam obviously uh OG Ananobi had an okay game but then uh, uh you know, Alex according to Clyde that's Ananobly Ananobly yes yeah that's right <laughs> I better hope the Knicks never trade for him or else he's gonna be he's gonna have a good time <laughs> yeah. um 
but yeah, I mean, it's just all these super long guys that are so disruptive with like their hands and for a guy like Jalen Brunson, it, it seemed like it sort of was finally his match in some way. Like how do you beat the guy who has the moves to beat everybody? You put a ton of long defenders on the floor against him and just kind of hope that the length can disturb him enough uh, considering he's diminutive. But I, I, to his credit, I thought that like RJ Barrett, which we'll talk about him more in a little bit. I thought that he did a great job adjusting to those sort of players. Like we, we used to talk about back when Ben Simmons was good, that like Ben Simmons was like RJ's kryptonite in the sense that, he was just kind of like a bigger, stronger, faster version of him that could, you know, stop whatever he wanted to do on offense and that he couldn't contain on defense. Like the Raptors in many ways have been that same mold of player against RJ and yet he still had a great game. I mean, I feel very encouraged by, by this loss in the sense that again, like I feel like most of the time when you see a streak busting win, it's like a huge letdown, you know, it's like your team wins five games straight and then it's like, they get just absolutely hosed like and lose by like 30 points, you know, and this game didn't feel like that at all. It was, it, they wanted this game and they wanted to beat the Raptors and wanted to keep this win streak going. I don't see a single thing complacent with the Knicks right now. And, you know, honestly, considering, you know, so Siakam was as good as he was set a new career high, obviously 50 point game ends with 52 total. But the, the guy that kind of stood out like a sore thumb to me on the score sheet was Van Vliet who ended with 28 points on 10 to 24 shooting. And, you know, that's not that great a shooting to begin with. But then if you could have just had Quentin Grimes there to yeah. defend him, I think that could have made all the difference in the world. And honestly, yeah. they might've just been a Grimes away from winning this game and having a nine game win streak. Hopefully he's okay. Hopefully Mitch is okay after getting kicked in the nads or punching the nads, whatever it was, <laughs> that did not look fun. Yeah. You know, it's bad when someone gets, gets hit down there and then is literally limping from it for like three minutes after and has to get removed from the rest of the game. So I hope Mitch is okay. Uh, one game too late, you know, you would have thought it would have happened against Draymond green, but whatever. Um, anyway, I, I feel good about this one. I pretty much mirror your sentiment there, you know, as good as you can after a loss that breaks a fun win streak, but the Knicks are still playing fantastic right now. And this, this game didn't do anything to change my mind by yeah, any you, stretch. Yeah. You, you were speaking of which you, you read my mind. Um, I, I thought w- weirdly in a, in a game where, and, and we're going to talk about it where Julius was fantastic, where RJ was fantastic, where Emmanuel quickly again, shot the lights out. Uh, no Quentin Grimes uh, might've been the biggest story for me. Um, I mean the, the Knicks, uh, what, what is it now? 10 and four. Since he's been into the starting lineup, um, I, I think over that stretch, the the best net rating in, in all of basketball could be wrong on that. Pretty sure that is correct. And um, you, you saw why tonight he is such an essential ingredient for the New York Knicks on both ends of the floor. His absence made a pivotal difference defensively. I, I, I think the biggest variable is that Tibbs, um, a big part of Julius Randle, uh, turning into a far better defender is that the Knicks have been letting him switch ball screens a lot more than just dropping back on them and, and kind of sitting in the paint and, and letting guys either build up ahead of steam and attack him or rain jumpers in his face. Um, and Julius is much more engaged when he's allowed to switch and, and he is, he's extremely talented as a switch defender. But the issue with that is you have to be able to trust both ends of the switch and with Quinn Grimes out there, a, a guy who's six foot five, but extremely strong, great hands, hyper aggressive, will put the chest into you, won't get bumped off the ball easily. You're okay 
throwing Quentin Grimes on a switch on Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi. If those guys want to bully him to the basket and, and hit a shot, fine. So be it. Um, Tibbs will take that every single time. But without Grimes out there, they went back to the more conservative style with Randall because Tibbs didn't trust Emmanuel quickly um, or Deuce McBride or Derek Rose um, in those matchups. And, and maybe he should have. Uh, we were talk- or I was talking to Tom Piccolo about this uh, on Twitter, and Tom was saying, yeah, you know what? If Scotty Barnes wanted to go out Emmanuel quickly all night, like let them do that versus um, Siakam just cooking them. And Van Vliet, Alex, to your point, time after time just walking into wide open threes because Randall, I mean, including one uh, late in the game, uh, like I think four minutes left in the fourth quarter, where Randall just was sitting back at the foul line and Van Vliet was draining it. Um, and, and there wasn't really anything he could do. And then offensively, I think Grimes' absence really hurt them because it allowed the Raptors to go zone. And, and with, with how talented of a shooter Grimes is, and not just that, but how quick his release is and how unblockable it is, I, I think that would have affected their interest in playing zone. Plus, we see how quick he is at, or how, excuse me, how decisive he is on closeouts. I think a zone would have presented a similar opportunity for him to just eat up open space get into the heart of the defense. And then he's such a slick interior passer, finding guys for dunks or, or kicking it back out. Um, I, I think that extra ball handler would have really helped them puncture it. And as good as quickly was shooting from three, as good as Deuce was shooting from three, I, I don't think either of those guys are quite the driving threat that Grimes is. And, and that was a big miss for me, Alex, um, in this ball game. I, when we come back, I want to touch on uh, RJ Barrett's night because I, I thought um, playing against his hometown team, this was, one of the best games of his career. But first, did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell, everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is if you feel different, you drive different and driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI paid for by NHTSA. And we want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today. For your second listen, make sure to check out Locked On Sports today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports today available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. If you missed it, our own Alex Wolf was on yesterday with Peter Bukowski, so go check that out to, to talk about fonder times when the Knicks uh, still had the longest winning streak in the NBA. But Alex, that winning streak ending uh, was certainly not due to R.J. Barrett. 46 minutes, 11 and 19 from the field, four for six from three, 30 points, five assists, five rebounds, Um, certainly in the mix for his best game of the year. Yeah, I I loved the game that he had. I mean, it, he just really seemed to take charge, and I alluded to it in the, the first segment, but what really impressed me was his ability to adjust. You know, like how many times have we seen – rj do sort of like the the definition of insanity right like just doing the same thing over and over and over again to the same negative result which would be certain games just driving into the teeth of the defense going up for layups against a bunch of like long defenders and just getting stuffed like unmercilessly like over and over and over again and we didn't see much of that in this game. I did get worried. He had one of those in, I think, the first quarter. Hmm. 
and got stuffed pretty bad. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, it's going to be one of those nights where RJ6 will be like, no, I can finish this. Like, <laughs> and it's going to keep driving in. But to his credit, he he did the smart thing. He said, okay, fine. You know, if they're going to kind of stack the paint against me, which clearly they, the Raptors for large parts of this game stacked the paint against the Knicks to, you know, attempt to stop them from getting all the way to the hoop. RJ just said, okay, never mind. I'll, you know, I'm shooting the ball pretty well right now. So let me shoot some threes. And then he made, you know, a number of threes, finishes up four of six for the game, I believe. Yes. And then from there, everything started to kind of open up for him more, culminating with him eventually making a fantastic cut to the hoop and hitting a dunk uh, to make it 102 101 yeah. with about a minute and a half left, if memory serves me. And, absolutely tearing the garden down that was like one of the that's probably the loudest uh, i'm probably forgetting something but to my memory that's probably the loudest the garden has been since his dunk against the hawks in the playoffs yeah maybe maybe the game winner hit against the celtics last year that's true maybe that's maybe that's a contender but but, i mean buzzer beater aside i think you're right Really loud though. I mean, yeah. the it, I guess it just it it brings me back to that dunk against the Hawks yeah. because it was so similar, the the play, but just absolutely electric stuff. I mean, I I loved his decisiveness the whole game. I liked that he wasn't forcing things, even though he had every opportunity to. And I just I, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I think it was one of his best games of the season, if not the best. Uh, I don't recall what his season high is. So far this year, I think he might have scored more than this at one point, but I found this to be his most aesthetically pleasing game of the season, especially considering, again, this is one of those teams that is like just full of R.J. Barrett killers. And yet in the grand scheme of things, other than Pascal Siakam, who obviously had the game of his life and is clearly having like the week of his life right now, Hmm. uh, R.J., I think. Other than maybe Randall, maybe honorable mention to Julius Randall, I think RJ probably looked like the best player on the court other than Siakam tonight, which is really saying something. Yeah, he he was he was incredible. Um, three for three from three in the first half, and and you got to remember the Knicks were down by as many as fourteen in the first half of this game, and they needed every single one of those shots. Um, I, I thought early he had uh, one of his one of his play of the year candidates um, where he he had this little like push dribble through Siakam and Van Vliet and then a double pump finish over Scotty Barnes. And, and you're just checking off the list and you're like, all right, all NBA caliber defender, all NBA caliber defender, all NBA caliber defender, torched all of them on, on one play. Um, and, and then I think this was early second half. Yeah. Well, it, it was, it was at the tail end of that, that big 13 to three run to open up the third quarter. Um, he drew four in semi-transition I, I posted a screenshot on on twitter at locked on nicks if people want to go see it had four defenders around him earlier in the year it wouldn't have mattered if it was seven guys on the court alex he would have taken that shot at the basket but instead just made the really simple play kicked it out to emmanuel quickly and and, and look you you could say it about this whole recent stretch um for rj barrett but this game was was as if he took everything he was doing wrong early in the season and said all right i'm going to correct that I'm going to be more athletic on my drives. I'm going to have more burst. I'm going to be better off the dribble. I'm going to finish with better touch. I'm going to get my feet under me before going up for a floater. I'm going to pass when I'm double or triple teamed with, with that one exception to your point. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, that, that jam was just, just a moment. And 
This is a guy who I look, I feel like we're, we're saying it every night with him, but was, was an abject disaster to start this year. There's no other way to frame it, right? It was it was going about as bad as it possibly could. There's a very good case to be made that he was the worst rotation player in the NBA. And, and he's gone from that to the last eight games now playing like a, a borderline all-star, like a, a, a notch below that, I would say, but but just really, really good. And, and to your point, Julius Randle wasn't really far behind him. Yeah, yeah. Julius Randle wasn't. Neither was Emmanuel quickly. But let, let's do let's do Julius Randle next because I just thought that he had a fantastic game too. I mean, it, there was every opportunity where, again, you want to talk about even just earlier this season. This is fully a game where I would have expected like game ten of this season, Julius Randle to just completely shut down down the stretch. Like the Knicks, I don't think we're getting great calls on either end. I, I think that they were like, they were getting kind of hacked a little bit on their end. They were other than when they were, would like go ahead and challenge it. You know, they were getting called for, I, I thought a lot of pretty questionable stuff on the other end. And those sort of things frustrate Julius Randall to no end, as we know, and tend to, you know, there've been some games where he lets the refereeing, fully take him out of the entire thing and we didn't see that in this game if anything he just like went like hulk mode down the end and just like got angry and channeled it and just turned into an absolute monster like he was he was making cuts and getting all the way to the hoop with so much uh, to use a, a clyde word with so much gusto you know getting all the way in there uh deep into the teeth of the d and then just like like creating his little bit of space that he needed and putting the ball right on the square and putting it in every single time, just fantastic effort from him there. The offensive and defensive rebounding was off the charts. I don't know what the split was on that off the top of my head. It was okay. Only two offensive boards. It felt like more than that though, but the defensive boards, he was really going crazy on and had 11 of those for 13 total rebounds. Just a, a really great performance for him. And also you know, a really great game for him, I think, understanding what was working for him in mm. this game. Uh, we'll get to Brunson probably in the next segment, but like Brunson had probably his worst offensive game of the whole season and sort of switched in like distribution mode, which I thought was really good. You know, even though it would have been better if he was scoring. Randall identified early that the three point shot didn't seem like it was going in and then realized, oh, I'm bigger and stronger than all these guys, even if they're really long. I I'm big and strong enough to create the space that I need and I'm able to get pretty much whatever I want on the inside. So why don't I just leave the three point shot behind and just do that. And to great effect, he shot 13 of 14 on everything other than threes in this game. So I, I just, I loved it from him. I loved the the smarts, the effort, everything. It was, it was one of my favorite Julius Randall games this season, which is saying something because he's been playing really well lately. Yeah, I look, I, I was so impressed with his his mid-range shot making in, in, in this one um, over and over and over again. Like he he had one where it was it, it felt like a terrible like piece of shot selection because he took it fading to his right off one foot and it, it still it rattled home. Um, and he had another one with three guys on him and it just just made it over and over again. And, and then just him as a finisher. I mean, we mentioned last game and, and our guy, Benji Ritholtz did a great thread on it. Um, just how often he's cutting off of Jalen Brunson. And, and, and you can, I think you can see his activity in, in how often 
he is being used as, as a finishing big, which is just not who he was in, in 2021 very often. Certainly wasn't who he was during last season, which was obviously disastrous. Not who he was at the start of this season, Alex. It's what you and I were just begging for out of the guy, right? Um, but we, we finally got, like, I, I think when we when the Knicks acquired Jalen Brunson, our, our dream for him was, right, he's going to be able to make R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle's life so much easier. And those three being involved in actions together will, will just rip defenses apart. And that happened at one point in, in this game to give the Knicks, at the time, their biggest lead of the game. It was 77-73. Our R.J. blew by Wancho Hernan Gomez, kicked it out to Brunson. Brunson drove into the heart of the defense and, and, and then just threw like a little lob up to Jules for a layup. And, and to me, that was like the, the, the Kobe to Shaq alley-oop against the Trailblazers. It was, it, was that, it was that sort of moment. Um, it, was, it was just so cool to see all of them um, involved on the same play. Um, had a massive offensive board in, in, in traffic and, and put back to make it 101-100. Of course, he, he missed that layup, airball that layup with 42 seconds left. I don't know what happened there. It seemed like the ball um, just slipped out of his hand. But I just want to highlight one pass he made because to me this was – uh, along with that RJ drive, my favorite play of this whole game, um, rose up with Wancho Hernan Gomez right over, right on him, and, and then just zipped a pass that like buzzed by Scotty Barnes's ear to Mitch for a dunk, and, and it was partially because it was such a great pass, partially because he finally threw the ball to Mitchell Robinson, which I, is is a, is a, is a once in a million occurrence. So shout out to Julius Randle. Um, certainly not the reason the Knicks fell in this game. Uh, Alex, we gotta we gotta talk Emmanuel quickly, uh, but before we do that. Um, if, if people uh, if people need someone to talk to at, at the end of the Knicks eight game winning streak or on a much more serious note are, are dealing with mental health issues of any kind, uh, where's the place to go? Yeah, you know, I, if if anyone's dealing with any any mental health issues over the the end of the win streak, I would encourage you just to look at the bright side like we're doing in this one. But again, if if you're feeling like you need something a little more substantial in your life from a mental health perspective, you should definitely check out better help. And, you know, it's like sometimes you just wish that life could come with a user manual. You're feeling all these things. You don't know how to explain them. You don't know how to deal with them by yourself. You feel like you can't talk to people in your life because you don't want to be judged or you don't want to, you know, have to put that on someone else that, you know, and, you know, it, it can be hard sometimes, but unfortunately life doesn't come with a user manual. So when it's not working for you, it, sometimes you just feel stuck, but therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you better help has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere. And it's 100% online and therapy can be great for you look like it's it, generally speaking it and it is just commonly accepted that it is not good to bottle things up it's not good to let your emotions sit and fester sometimes just talking about them with somebody is a good thing you know no matter what it is that you're feeling whether you're feeling uh like you're you're not achieving enough in life if you're feeling like you know you, you have a relationship or something that has you down in your life or or just anything, whatever the case may be, BetterHelp can potentially help you with that. So as the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. That's a huge selling point. Uh, no waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more. And save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. That's better 
help, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on NBA. All right, Gavin, we're back to finish talking about this game. Still a lot to talk about, though, for a loss. I mean, I think this was, again, if we haven't been effusive enough in our praise of the Knicks and a loss in this one, I, I thought this was one of like the best losses that they've had all season. And one of the big reasons was Emmanuel Quickly in his first start of the season having an absolutely lights-out game, which really helped make up for the fact that as has been mentioned already, Jalen Brunson didn't have his best offensive stuff in this particular game. Emmanuel quickly did. He had 20 points, uh, shot seven to 10, six of nine from three. Nice. And had uh, an assist and two rebounds to go with that as well. But obviously the shooting is the story, Gavin. I mean, he's, he's going crazy shooting the ball right now. And uh, that's really like what he's going to need to do to kind of get his season back up and running, I think, uh, you know, because he was, he was shooting under 30% as of just a few days ago, I think. And I think they said today he was shooting like 32% as of today. So he's probably shooting more like 33% now uh, after this other huge performance. He might be on his way to like shooting 35, 36% again. And if he could do that, like things are looking pretty rosy for, for quickly right now. Cause pretty much the last thing we were waiting on to come around this year was the shooting. Yeah, I mean, the pump the pump fake is so deadly. I mean, to start that third quarter run just absolutely caught Siakam on one. And and look, you you see the the power of of three-point shooting. Like, I mean, there, there's there's this idea in NBA circles that um three-point attempts might even be more important than three-point accuracy. I mean, just because of the way they stretch a defense and, and the fact that over enough time, um, if you're a good shooter and, and you're and you you keep putting them up, you're going to get runs like this. And I think it was Xavier uh Justin of of Knicks Film School. Uh, shout out to him who put together this chart that that's crazy. It kind of attract Emmanuel quickly shooting throughout the season. And if, if you go to his Twitter and check that out, you'll see every three games he's, he's like metronomic. He's, he's over 40% games one through three. Then he's at like 5%. Then he's back over 40%. Then he's at like 12%. Um, so he's, he's either been hot or cold all year. We're, we're in one of the hot stretches right now. And, um, and, and look, he, he almost saved the New York Knicks down the stretch of this one. I want to continue to see him, uh, improve attacking the basket and being more confident with that. But right now it's baby steps for him. And I, I, I'm going to take it one step further from what you said. I, I think part of the reason quickly had such a great night was because of how the Raptors were playing Jalen Brunson. Every time Brunson beat his man or, or, or even got by his, the, the person in his area of the zone, um, he would draw a second defender. And, and a couple of times he leveraged that into setting up IQ for three um, on a night where Brunson finished with what was it 12 assists um he finished mm-hmm. with yeah 12 assists um yeah so that that was a, a deadly duo and i i just look if, if iq keeps firing away um he will prove himself to be untradeable uh, much to the chagrin of of uh, whoever in the next front office was try- trying to get rid of our dude but yeah, he, was, he was spectacular in this one alex I mean, anyone else uh stand out to you in this game yeah, I actually I wanted to give a, a shout out to pre-kick the Nenards Mitchell Robinson. Mm. I I thought that he was having a, another really good game in this one. You know, he this was this is sort of a unique team for him to have to go up against. And there was kind of every opportunity where he could have been exposed. And I I struggle to say that he got exposed by Siakam. Like he definitely he drew that assignment sometimes down the floor. And I just think that's an awkward 
person to put Mitch on regardless. But then the fact that Siakam was having like, again, literally the best game of his life. Like he might never have a night better than this one for the rest of his NBA career. As far as scoring the basketball, like, I, you know, it's hard to fault anybody. Like no matter who was on Siakam tonight, it was not going to be a good time. But other than that, I thought that he did really good. You know, he, and this is a tough team to defend. Again, they started uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez at center, you know, to, to start the game and largely went with, you know, just their, their like long boy lineup of, you know, just having three rangy guys out there. I think down the stretch, it was Siakam, Scotty Barnes, and Ananobi, along yeah. with Malachi Flynn and Van Vliet. You know, like that's a really tough group to deal with. Because uh, those three guys are, they can all put the ball on the floor. They can all shoot. They can all, at least in theory, and Barnes had a pretty rough game, but like they can all do some pretty crazy stuff. And Mitch, I think, did a really good job, you know, still defending the paint well and also taking advantage of what was given to him on offense at times, too. Uh, kudos to Randall for, I mean, we. <laughs> I remember last year, especially we used to like lament the fact that like Randall never seemed to want to pass to Mitch for whatever reason he looked for him on, I believe it was, it was a Randall to Mitch one. Maybe I'm fully mistaken here, but it stuck out, stuck out to me on the broadcast when I saw it. So I think I'm correct here, but the one where Mitch caught the ball underneath and just like cleared out whatever poor soul it was out of those three that I mentioned, I think it was Barnes just like, lightly kind of like turned into him and Barnes just went flying and he's like, okay, two-handed like Shaq dunk yeah. done easy. Uh, I, I like when Mitch understands how big he is and executes something like that clean, you know, like that was, he did that without fouling. He didn't fully lower his shoulder. He didn't like, you know, really like exaggeratedly clear space, which I think he's done in the past and, and gotten nailed for before. He just kind of like was like, okay, I just need to get enough of my body into this guy and he's going to go flying because I've got like 30 pounds on him and I'm way, way stronger. And he did that and then got an easy dunk. Good stuff for Mitch. I I enjoyed his game. Again, I desperately hope his uh, quote unquote groin is okay uh, after this game because it was it was a really good one for him and, and just continued his great stretch play. Yeah, I mean, and right after that dunk, right, he he came back down and just swatted Ananobi into into the yes. fourth row, and and I love to see that for Mitch. I mean, a guy who's who's very funny off the court and and on the court can occasionally get fired up, but you you rarely see him like I mean, some to some somewhat to his credit because like we we have enough like kind of like attitude towards the refs with with Julius Randle in the front court, um, but Mitch is very composed out there. And I like to see him, I think this is what you're getting at, assert your will. And tonight in particular, with the garden rocking, like have a sense of the moment. Like, uh, like Emmanuel quickly has that, like no, like no one else on this team, right? When, when he starts getting hot from three and really gets rolling. And I think Mitch, with how strong he is and how much of a, like I can't even say the word, but BA that he is at this point, um, he, I, I don't know if people get that. I've never used that, that uh, two-word acronym before. Anyways, um, he he can he should be killing people out there and and to your point he, he was he was getting that done on both ends of the floor maybe maybe a different finish for the New York Knicks if he plays down the stretch Alex was my, my my final point to conclude this one well, it was, it was just the struggles that Jericho Sims and Isaiah Hartenstein had in this ball game um, Isaiah Hartenstein minus 16 Jericho Sims minus 11 if you want to look at it another way Julius Randle was plus seven which means in the eight minutes that he wasn't on the court uh, the New York Knicks were minus 14. 
Um, so those two just didn't have a chance. Jericho Sims in particular was just getting eaten up um, by Pascal Siakam. Hartenstein looked outmatched from a physicality perspective on both ends of the floor. And, and tonight highlighted the type of opponent um, that can really give the Knicks issues if, if those two are going to be playing together. And personally, I would have liked to have seen Tibbs uh, dip a little bit further down the bench, whether that reviving Cam Reddish, playing, uh, dare I say it, former Toronto Raptors, Fima Luke, even Evan Fournier, I honestly wouldn't have hated getting a chance for some spot minutes tonight because that that duo just clearly did not have it. And, and I kind of got the idea you wanted to match what Toronto was doing, but you were basically just putting out a worse version of, of Toronto's super long, super big lineup, and, and those guys got eaten up because of it. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely, I mean, for as, <laughs> for as much as I was praising it, in the last after the last game this this game was like oh yeah this is why this lineup can sometimes not work hmm. uh i mean to your point it and look i gave the same caveat for mitch a second ago it's it's hard to totally hold it against sims getting as toasted as he did by siakam given the fact that siakam toasted everybody obviously but he did seem to get particularly toasted by siakam like i mean siakam was just like two dribbles gone completely past Sims like mm. every single time that they found themselves one-on-one -on, -one on the perimeter. And it was, I want to say like three or four times that that happened. And then Hartenstein down the the stretch, just that was ugly. I mean, I, that was the worst part of Mitch getting, you know, kicked in the nethers was that hard to you for finding a different word every time you said it, yeah I, i'm trying i'm trying and i'm keeping it as pg as yeah I exactly can. yeah oh. different words with with a couple off limits <laughs> um but the worst part of of uh you know mitch getting low blowed like it was uh like it was wwe um was you know that that hartenstein came back out and you know i don't want to like crap on hartenstein too much but i there really was something about like his play versus how Mitch was playing where I was like, yeah, that, that might've been another thing that just cost the Knicks this game. Like the, the sequence where the Knicks could not get a rebound to save their lives. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, at that, the end that was of the game. game. Yeah. Yeah. Right at the end of the game kind of underscores that whole thing. Like if Mitch was out there, I seriously doubt that they don't get a rebound like three times in a row. And that Toronto, you know, then ends up scoring off of that. So, um, Again, it's sometimes it's a uh, is the football saying, but it's a game of inches. Sometimes it's a game of little things every once in a while, and this was certainly one of them. So, on to the next one, on to Chicago, and then of course the Christmas Day showdown with the Sixers. We'll have you covered for those, plus maybe a little little crossover surprise uh, between now and then as well. So, all that's coming up soon. But until next time, thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you all soon. Peace. Out.